2: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I saw that
0: photos just emerged of the cocaine that was found last summer at the White House. White House staffers were like, you try staying awake during the Biden meeting without a little help.
3: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Say hello to my little friend. (laughs) His His name is Corn Pop. Yeah, we don't we don't know who left it there and we're not going to ask any questions either.
0: So I've only heard about this political article from Jonathan Martin and how uh it makes the argument a solid argument that Joe Biden is not does not have the capacity to be the president of the United States. That or, is correct. Or at least That seems like a big deal.
3: Yeah, it does and and we'll get to the substance of that in a second um new another poll financial times university of michigan um poll 14% of voters say they are better off financially now than when joe biden took office um uh, 14% you can't run the guy. Plus, he's senile. It's just, its I wish I could be privy. I'd swear myself to secrecy. Uh, the discussion's going on behind the scenes because it's, you know, in a, a system like ours, it's not like a dictatorship in terms of you're not going to get murdered, but it is the same dynamic going on. Who's going to be the first in this circle of people to say, psst, The POTUS can't run for re-election. We've got to do something. But
0: there's different versions of he can't run for re-election. There's the, we'll have another, you know, build back better with $2 trillion, and we can't have that. Or Trump can't be president because he's going to appoint a blah, blah. We can't have that. Then there's the, he can't be president because he's not going to be able to do it. He can't mentally have the job. That's a different category.
3: I think so, and I think the powers that be in the Democratic Party will push that narrative to the point that Biden announces he is not going to run. That's still my theory. It has been for quite some time. It will not be stated that way. It will be that uh for the good of the country, I think it's time to move on to other leadership, blah, 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 just to save his dignity. Um, But it will happen. Anyway, having said that, the... uh the uh, jonathan martin article in politico that jack's referencing i became aware of it through charlie cook charles cw cook who writes for the national review he's brilliant um and, and he quotes the martin article which got some uh, fair measure of attention but not nearly enough i'm going to quote him now martin 2024 will be an extraordinary election and it demands extraordinary measures That's in part for reasons Biden refuses to accept his capacity to do the job. The oldest president in history, when he took the oath, Biden will not be able to govern and campaign in the manner of previous incumbents. He simply does not have the capacity to do it, and his staff doesn't trust him to even try, as they make clear by blocking him from the press. Biden's bid will give new meaning to a Rose Garden campaign, and it requires accommodation to that unavoidable fact of life. Then Charlie Cook steps in he says i must stop martin right there this is not extraordinary it is disqualifying if as martin proposes twice in the space of a single paragraph joe biden lacks the quote capacity to do the job in a manner that allows him to quote govern and campaign in the manner of previous incumbents close quote then he cannot be the president of the united states as is his want martin is more focused on the campaign part of the equation but relative to the govern part That doesn't matter. If what Martin describes is true, and judging by what we can all see with our own eyes, it clearly is, then the question before us is not whether Joe Biden can win a second term, but how long it will take before he triggers a constitutional crisis.
0: Right. Because if you don't push him out as Democrats, you're you're, you're really risking it. Because a a more likely situation is he's going to have the moment on a big stage where there's just no getting around it. And then you're going to be in a tight spot. Then, then it's been yes. forced upon you and you don't, it's not, you know, you don't get to choose the timing of this. If he just like completely, if he does a Mitch McConnell, that's one thing for Mitch McConnell to lock up like that. It's different yeah. for the president to lock up like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we can handle a minority leader of the Senate who occasionally is uh, non-compos mentis, but not the 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 commander in chief. So uh, Charlie gonna, Cook then it, hones in. I,
0: I would bet money that that's going to happen. before Well, then November it's emergency
3: twenty fifth Amendment vote time,
0: you got which no would choice. be
3: a constitutional crisis. Yes, yeah. Oh yeah, this is not like some sort of wild uh, prediction. This is inevitable. I mean, it's it's unless Biden resigns prior to that. It's one hundred percent inevitable. Well, there was a lot. Of, second term.
0: There was a lot of talk when he was elected last time. He won't serve out an entire term. He'll step down. Blah blah blah. A lot of people said that. Um, or, but that's one hundred percent true about the next term. Yeah, I mean, there is yeah. just. I mean, nobody would even claim that he's going to serve. He would have to serve five more years. He'd be five years older than he is right now.
3: Yeah, no, nobody. five years further down the road of dementia, et cetera. No, it's, it's a laughable assertion. Anyway, so uh, Cook then hones in on uh, another of Martin's quotes, quote, he simply does not have the capacity to do it. And his staff doesn't trust him to even try as they make clear by blocking him from the press. Charlie says, I would invite you to read that line again. Quote, his staff doesn't trust him to even try. In our system of government, the flow of power cannot be configured that way around. Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Joe Biden's staff works for him because Joe Biden if because Joe Biden does not have the capacity to be president, Joe Biden's staff is in charge of Joe Biden, then Joe Biden is not the president of the United States and we have a foundational problem of democratic accountability.
0: Well, he was a senator forever. I learned just recently. That's when uh diane feinstein was in her uh latter days where did i read this somebody who's been in dc forever and in the know um you know the the comment well it's really her staff running it their reporting was that's with all the senators the staffs run the shop for pretty much every senator that's just the way it works you're mm-hmm. you get elected and you do the fundraising and glad handing and all that sort of stuff, and you sign stuff. But the staff does all the, the, the grunt work, or the writing, the policies, and the proposals, and then they inform you and all that sort of stuff. Well, Joe Biden was a senator forever, if that, so he's used to that, mm-hmm. having a staff do everything. And then you show up to the event and sign something or give the speech. So that's not a new thing for him.
3: Yeah again the uh, the result the the uh, the sum of all this is clear to me that he cannot run again and he won't how we get to that sum is going to be a wild ride
0: man um, I, I again and
3: really interesting to observe
0: i got to think if i'm a democrat i'm i'm screaming in closed door meetings let's not wait until it's forced upon us it's since we all know it's going to happen let's choose a time and how we're going to go about it as opposed to Random Tuesday afternoon, he rolls all the way down the stairs off Air Force One, hits his head and lays there with his tongue hanging out, Uh, and the whole world sees it.
3: Yeah, it's not going to be that. It'll be neurological, but, uh, well, it'll be one or the other. Uh, So my belief is, as I've stated before, I think they have already chosen the moment. And I think the most likely thing is uh, shortly... Uh, before the convention, uh, after the convent, the the bulk of the primary season, where Biden is clearly the nominee on paper, but before the convention, that's when they make the announcement because they want to minimize the period of scrutiny of a uh, Gavin Newsom or whomever it it turns out to be, because they know all of their choices are pretty flawed, Katie, either way too far left or or you know a lying weasel and Gavi's choice. Uh,
0: Katie, can you case. Google when the Democratic convention is? I think that's like eight nine months away. In it's either july, july or august july yeah. or august so that's yeah. a long wait you're really rolling the dice that he doesn't um uh, he doesn't come out and give a speech sometimes has had lunch with president reagan today and we had
3: a long conversation about <laughs> see that would be a good example of a moment that could not be let go yes so it's august so we're 10 months away well, doesn't that prove my point? You can't believe they can m- 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 get the old guy th- th- to the finish line then, much less another term, which is just a joke.
0: Wow. Uh, the, the 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 When people start writing their tell-alls when this is over, it is going to be wild to hear to what extent he was Incapacitated in meaning, there's going to be stories of him falling asleep in meetings or having no idea what was going on or talking right. about things from years ago. I mean, there there are going to be so many stories,
3: right? And yeah, we're all going to go, "Oh my true.
0: god, I can't believe he was president."
3: Well, and I think if the media was going to be any degree of their usual, uh, you know, aggressive holding the powerful to account and not just partisan lapdogs as they become. We had a moment the other day, I pointed it out, Joe Biden was with the leader of Indonesia or Malaysia, one of those countries with millions of people uh, in Asia. And, um, And he unleashed an absolute, you know, wrote ABC 123 statement about our two countries, we'll continue to build our friendship and look to the future. But he had to consult his little note card, every sentence for what he was going to say next. Any one of us knows what to say in that setting. It's easy. But he just uh, and we look forward to the United States and Indonesia. Then he'd look up as we look to a future in which our two nations, he'd look down, we'll move together into the bright future. It was horrible.
0: Yeah, I want, but know, I want to know more about what they do to get him to pull it together whenever he's got the big moment where he's got to give a speech or State of the Union or whatever. Although he seems significantly older than he did in the State of the Union in January. so
3: Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So how it evolves, I don't know, but evolve it will. Mark my words. Michael, where's oh, our word marker? Where's our word marker to mark my words? Mark them.
0: So, are you like most parents out there, giving your kids melatonin to get them to sleep at night? It's become a thing. Whoa. Um, I do it. I worry about it. Doctors recommend it. Doctors says that's what you should do. They say it's not addictive. There's no problems with it. Anyway, some scientists are concerned about that. It can hit you with that coming up.
3: You're making your face. What's that face? I'm making my troubled face. I know.
0: I'm making the troubled face.
3: Like the one thing that every human being does and has for the entire history of time, you now got to give kids hormones to get them to do it. Right. Seems odd to me.
0: Yeah. does seem like a problem. And a bad idea, even though I'm doing it. Uh, So stay tuned. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
3: Republican presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy recently unveiled his plan to reduce the size of the federal government, which includes firing all employees who have a social security number that ends in an odd number. Bad news for Bernie Sanders, whose number is one. Wow, an old joke. We hadn't
0: mentioned that, so um, I'm all for reducing the size of government. And Vivek Ramaswamy realizes that a bunch of us out there... Love the idea. But he announced on day one he would fire half the federal workforce. And the way he would do it is if you're odd number, social security number, you're fired. If you're even, you're not.
3: His theory being that uh, merit-based layoffs would be extremely controversial and go to the courts. But if it was randomized, you could just fire half the federal government. Day one.
0: Which I'd be all for, but
3: I'm sure you can't. I'm sure you wouldn't. That's a great example of what we talk about. He is trying to signal to us fiscal conservatives who believe that the government has grown far too powerful and bloated and expensive that he's on our side. Right. But to make sure it's unmistakable, he floats a plan that is patently insane and almost hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's the I'm going to build a wall clear across the border. Mexico is going to pay for it. That's what it is. Right. Nobody thought that was actually going to happen, but it was a it was a gesture of. I care about the damn border. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, coming up at the bottom, I want to get into the whole U.S. confirming that Hamas is using hospitals. Got plenty of audio on that. And then just why the news media continues to feel like they're being good journalists by presenting both sides of the story. What the hell is that? Anyway, stay tuned. Came across this story yesterday. Got my eye because I uh, give melatonin now and then to my kids. A lot more kids are taking melatonin than used to. I don't remember ever hearing about it until a few years ago. It's a natural hormone that your body makes to help you get to sleep at night, and then so you can buy it in pills now and give yourself a little more that, in theory, will help you get to sleep and or stay asleep. I've tried it myself and never had any reaction to it. So, Um, but more and more children are using it. Nearly one in five kids. And preteens in the United States take the hormone to aid their sleep. Many parents are regularly giving it to their preschool aged children. Preschoolers? Yeah, they say it's not addictive and it doesn't do any harm. Um, I can't imagine how that's true. Doctors have recommended it for my kids. Whenever you if you tell your doctor your kids are having trouble sleeping, the first thing they'll tell you have you tried melatonin?
3: Well, look, I'm <clears throat> the cross-section of ideas that are not good that I have done is a large cross-section. So, <laughs> goodness knows uh, I'm not criticizing people just because they're trying their best. It strikes me that you're, it's like, you know, you tell your doctor, I have blinding headaches every day. And they tell you, take this, you won't feel the headache. As opposed to, mm. wait a minute. Uh, sleep is the most natural thing any human being can do. Defecating, and if you are l- 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 well, there's defecating. Um, <laughs> if you regularly can't sleep as a child, there's something that we are masking with melatonin. We really ought to be dealing with.
0: Uh, so I'm both a parent giving melatonin to his kids and not arguing necessarily for it i think it's a bad idea <laughs> um uh i i don't it just doesn't make sense to me that it doesn't it, it's not addictive in the sense that so you started to give yourself melatonin your brain is going to produce less of it on its own because it's getting that amount. so you so you're going to have to take it because now mm-hmm. you're not producing enough of it
3: that just sounds seems addictive like, to me yeah exactly
0: how is that not addictive
3: well, and again, I, I'm not sitting up here on a high horse. I remember well enough, though my kids are grown, what it was like day to day. You would like to do a deep dive slash drill down on why something is happening. I but mean, in the meantime...
0: We were doing Jägermeister shots. That worked for
3: a while. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's not very good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Lots wow, of that's fights. Something. So a third of kids... And and, uh, and and preschoolers getting melatonin. That's just not right. That's wrong. Something is wrong here. Uh, the canary in the coal mine has croaked.
0: But if we got so much anxiety out there, it's probably not surprising that, you know, there's that, that many
3: kids can't sleep at night. Why the anxiety? We need to get to root causes.
0: Mm, there you go. Eventually. Root causes, Kamala. Good one. <laughs> wow. Did
3: you call me Kamala? We're fighting.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: White House revealing US intelligence confirms Israel's claims about Hamas using hospitals and the tunnels beneath them as their base of operations, including Al Shifa Hospital, where those premature babies were taken off incubators when they lost electricity. The senior administration official now saying hundreds of Hamas fighters with communications and traps are inside those tunnels. The Gaza Health Ministry, run by Hamas, has now said that the Israeli military has told them they plan to storm Al Shifa Hospital. So, I appreciate ABC News going big and loud and proud with that story. The United States confirms what everybody assumed was true with a brain because they've been doing it for decades. Remember the clip from Bill Clinton yesterday? They were doing it when he was president of the United States. Hamas uses hospitals. The fact that the media world, or a lot of the morons in the s- protesting in the street, are still going with the why is Israel attacking hospitals if it's not a genocide? The president of the United States, damn it, Joe Biden said yesterday, oh, I'm, I'm urging Israel to take less intrusive action, not going into the hospitals. And our secretary of state said, We do not want to see fighting in hospitals. Okay, well nobody Yeah, neither do I. Nobody does. Nobody Moving wants along. to see it. But your own damned government is saying they're using the hospital as a base. If you're gonna get rid of Hamas, what else are you going to do? Um Noah Rothman of the National Review tweeting out, we support Israel's strategic objective in its war, but not the operational objectives that would contribute to it. We condemn Hamas for using human shields, but we ratify the logic of using human shields by criticizing Israel for conducting its war where Hamas is operating.
3: That's Ham- pretty well put.
0: Hamas wins if if Israel's being criticized by the president of the United States, let alone uh, Macron and various other leaders from around the world and all the college kids in the street, then they've won with their... Should be ridiculous gambit, which is a war crime,
3: to operate from hospitals. Iran slash Hamas slash Hezbollah exists to start a worldwide jihad that is aided by the killing of civilians. That is why Hamas operates all of its military actions from civilian population centers, including hospitals. They want civilians to die. And as Rothman put it so eloquently, if you tell Israel, no, oh, no, you can't attack them because they're in population centers, you have ratified the logic of using human shields. It's not difficult to understand.
0: You've given them a reward for committing a war crime. Here's a report from CNN of what it's like under these hospitals. It was a tunnel that was in a hut in a residential neighborhood, and the interesting thing about the tunnel was it had a carefully concealed lid, tiled floor. If you looked at it normally, you wouldn't know it was there. It was 20 meters deep, had a big ladder going down into it, and the cables that were running into it from the electrical switchboard and communication switchboard above ran from a house close by that was a house belonging to a Hamas leader. So solar panels on the roof of that house powering the tunnel network down below, and they He told us they put a robot down the tunnel uh, and it had connected through in the direction of the nearby hospital. Yeah, the tunnel connected to the hospital. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, they've got solar panels. It's pretty sophisticated. But how did they build those? They take all the humanitarian money that people give Gaza to help the poor Palestinians. And Hamas keeps it and builds these super high tech tunnels.
3: That's correct. Including uh, the single largest donor to the Palestinian territories, the United States of America, has financed a lot of the fight. Oh, no, no, we didn't buy the weapons, says the crowd that still doesn't get that money is fungible. There's a State Department uh, weasel yesterday saw on the news talking about how, uh, no, we, we have not given any money that Iran has used to foment jihad. It was only for humanitarian purposes. Just unbelievable.
0: I appreciate David Muir on ABC News talking about those pictures of all the little tiny babies on the gurney. That was like, I'll bet it was the most used picture in the Western world on Monday. Mm -hmm. Led every newscast that I watched, all those babies, because they don't have fuel for the incubators. Hamas is using the hospitals as a tool to fight Those babies, if they die, it's because of Hamas, not because of Israel and the United States. How is that? And so I'm listening to NPR today. I heard this on some other news outlets, too. They're still saying Hamas says they are not using the hospitals for a base. What is this? Journalism flourish where you now give both sides including the side that has lied to you multiple times in the last couple of weeks you you give them their pr statement okay so you fell for the hospital thing the first day of the war israel attacks hospital kills 500 hamas told you that you went ahead and printed it you fell for it okay fool me once shame on me but now you continue to fall for it over and over again you're going to continue to say hamas Says they're not using hospitals. Your own damn government says they are. I mean, I don't understand what's going on with the journalists.
3: Well, the fact that the government says it isn't going to persuade that sort of person, but the fact that their when own Democrats, liberal media—your Democrats—and it's it's not the Trump government, right? Well, you don't even need to go there, I don't think, because the very liberal media we're talking about up until, you know, about a month ago documented over and over and over again that Hamas operates military operations from population centers, and they base themselves in and under hospitals and schools. You can find multiple New York Times stories going back 20 years about that. Uh, You can find Bill Clinton stating it as fact. Of course, they've always done that. It's, it's known. It's a known known. It is not a disputed fact at this point, but because it gets in the way of the oppressor-oppressed neo-Marxist narrative that NPR is so fond of. That animates virtually all of their programming, by the way, if you ever listen to it. They just they won't go there. They won't tell the truth because they can't. It's inconvenient to the narrative. They are lying Marxists. It's so weird. Speaking of which, uh there's actually slightly good news from some of our college campuses, but before we get to the good news, uh first some more of the disgusting news. Michael play uh we're going to go uh 88182. Um this is Adam Gillette or Gillette. He uh is one of those guys who's an activist in calling the groups that have signed the statements uh condemning Israel and saying they brought the attack upon themselves. He's trying to make the point that these are young adults and they ought to be called to account. Plus, we want to figure out whether they have any idea what they're talking about. Here's his uh, exchange with a couple of people at Columbia University. We'll start with the first clip.
2: How are you doing today? I'm awful because you're here. This is defamation. This is libel. And you are responsible for all of this waste of money, energy, resources, and my education. You need to get the hell out of here. This is evil. It's evil. It's
3: Why are you so winded, baby? And it's always, not always, but what percentage of the time is it a militant young woman? Yeah. All right, next clip.
2: Being brown does not equal being anti-Semitic. Being against Israel does not equal being anti-Semitic.
3: Did we ever say
2: that? Uh, Well, half these people are just brown. Does that mean they're
3: anti-Semitic? I didn't pick the ethnicity of the signers. What color does the skin have to be of someone that I can call an anti-Semite? Can I call white people anti-Semitic, but not brown people?
2: You can if they did something.
3: Yeah, there's just nothing to their worldview. Final clip. Who's responsible for the terrorist acts that occurred in Israel? Who's responsible?
2: I'm talking about. I'm asking who's responsible. I'm talking about you being on campus when you shouldn't be.
0: Is Hamas responsible or is Israel responsible?
2: I'm here to talk about. Fun fact. I told you already.
0: Yeah, the unhinged, so over the top, angry thing is. There's something
3: going on there. Do you remember when uh, the the screeching young women, there might have been a dude or two there, um, it was one of the very, very early uh, incidents of this. Was it on, which campus was it, Yale or something? They surrounded a dean who had condemned some ultra-progressive uh, act of violence or, or hatred or something like that, and they surrounded and were screaming at him, you're making me unsafe! You've made this campus unsafe. And he tried he said, Look, I'm happy to talk about this with you. And they just kept screaming and screaming at him. And we all thought, Boy, that's a bunch of crazy people there. No, that was just the early signs of an entire culture on college campuses. Of that sort of unhinged, crazed with anger adherence to a, again, idiotically oversimplified and ugly racist worldview. They're going to win unless we do. Got more on that later on.
0: I just found a new giant bottle of hand sanitizer. You know how I got all this stuff piled over by me? Like I'm a hoarder? Yeah. Giant it's probably quite the, the fascinating collection. This giant bottle of hand sanitizer from back in COVID days that I didn't even know was hiding back there it brings back memories.
3: But do you- All right, here's here's a caution for you, because I I was uh, in the, the the lunchroom the other day, and I did the same thing. I thought, you know what? I've been touching Grammy stuff. I'm going to grab a squirt. Well, nobody uses it anymore, so it's liable to go sideways, or in my case, straight onto my pants. What? So, careful. Okay. You press the squirty thing, oh. and it doesn't go down. It goes sideways.
0: Well, before we take a break, I was going through my uh, my collection of hoarded stuff here. Do you remember what the deal is with the bald eagle with the ball and chain on its foot? I've got a stuffed bald eagle that's got a ball and chain attached to a foot. I feel like somebody sent that, but I don't remember what it was about. Do you remember,
3: Michael? You remember we used to run the sound of Squawky the Bald Eagle. Right. To introduce the show or the hour or Marshall's news. I can't remember what it was. We used to oh yeah, we used to talk about (laughs) we keep a bald eagle chained in the studio to symbolize freedom. That's right. Exactly. It's our symbol of freedom. So somebody <laughs> sent us a We're stuffed the, bald eagle with a, a ball and chain around its ankle.
0: Right. You'd have to chain it in the studio, otherwise it would fly off, obviously. So. Right, right. <laughs> chain <laughs> it in the studio to symbolize freedom. Okay, that's, that's what that is. All right. Yeah. Thank you to whoever sent that in. Still amusing me years later. <laughs> <laughs> well done, my friend. <laughs> um, if you haven't heard... The various Congress people fighting or nearly fighting. We'll do that again in hour four because that's pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah. You almost had fist fights both in the House and the Senate yesterday. Mm-hmm. And maybe an assault. Um, so that's all on the way. Stay
1: with us.
0: There's Squawky the bald eagle right there that we keep chained in the studio
3: to symbolize freedom. Squawky used to be a regular uh, guest on the show. We'd have him pipe in, but A, we had people say the sudden high-pitched screech gave them the willies, especially people with post-traumatic stress disorder. And B, that's not an eagle anyway. It's a red-tailed hawk because bald eagles sound like wussy little chirping sparrows or something hmm. they make a funny little high-pitched uh chirp so we you know had a, a voiceover actor in essence a red tailed talk as our voice of the eagle so it was off-putting in a number of different ways anyway yes
0: do you see that patrick mahomes wears the same underwear for every game i did hear that
3: yeah see wash them he was on the Manning cast the other day, uh, uh, Peyton and Eli Manning, during Monday Night Football. He was a great guest. Oh, oh really? it was so interesting. I'll bet that yeah, was
0: interesting. It.
3: Fabulous, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, one of the great, iconic rock and roll bands of all time is calling it quits. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute or two. Gary um, Clark Five? Uh, do you mean the Dave Clark
0: Five? Dave Clark
3: Five. Um, I'll give you a hint. Around for many decades, everybody's familiar with them, has seen them. Anyway, uh, stay with us. I like this um, Al Jazeera report from a Gaza hospital. Asked an old man with a bloody bandage how he got hurt. The old man answers, Why is Hamas hiding amongst us civilians? Why don't they go to hell and hide there instead? The Al Jazeera reporter quickly ends the interview and says, let's go talk to somebody else. Mm, Right. Quite the moment. A little positive news, barely. Uh, Harvard, Columbia, and Penn have pledged to fight anti-Semitism on campus. They're trying to address the well-deserved criticism they've gotten by banning pro certain pro-Palestinian student groups, condemning slogans, and starting task forces to address anti-Semitism. It took their big donors saying, I'm never giving you another penny for them to wake up to the clear, unmistakable evil on their campuses. But they have at least been forced to do something like the right thing,
0: that finally. Re- that reminds me, I got that polling on the drop-off in people's... Attitudes towards higher education. That's polling is before, I'm
3: guessing, all of this has happened. Wow. Interesting. So, for instance, the uh, leader of Harvard, Claudine Gay, has condemned the phrase from the river to the sea. Uh, University of Pennsylvania President Elizabeth McGill. uh, Everybody's got to have a woman president these days. That's how you show you're enlightened. Um, (laughs) uh, Spoke forcefully against anti-Semitic rhetoric. Um, so at least they're making moves toward doing the right thing. I found this interesting as a big enthusiastic supporter of FIRE, which was originally the foundation for individual rights in education. And now they've renamed themselves and themselves and kind of retasked themselves as the foundation for individual rights and expression. They've gone beyond campuses, which I think is wonderful. Great organization. But there is a new and growing organization called the AASL, the American Academy's uh, American Academy of Sciences and Letters which is dedicated to serious, old-school academic freedom and freedom of speech on campuses, and is serious, uh, and it includes some notable lefty, liberal, like, social socialist Democrat people who are like, hey, the fact that our faculty is 94% progressive is wrong. And they are recruiting academic heavyweights and raising a bunch of money and fighting hard against the rot, the disease of our campuses. So I will be looking to support them as well in the future, and I suggest you do the same. Again, it's the AASL. So that's good news. So before we run out of time, this is heartbreaking for those of us who are serious about music, who love our rock and roll. During a live press conference the other day, it was announced... It was announced that Munch's make-believe band is being retired from all Chuck E. Cheese's, except for one. (laughs) The animatronic Chuck E. Cheese band is leaving the stage. I
0: don't know if I ever saw
3: it. They've left the door open to a recording project or two or collaborations with Lady Gaga or Tony Bennett or somebody. What, he's passed? Anyway. Uh, yes, the Chuck E. Cheese band is calling it quits, except for the Chuck E. Cheese in Northridge, California, near Los Angeles. Uh, they will continue to perform there as some sort of tip of the cap to idiotic nostalgia. <laughs> And you know what's so funny is the uh, this corporate spokeshole who announced this, um, <laughs> David McKillops, the president and CEO of Chuck E. Cheese's parent company, mentioned how he understands the importance of the animatronic band. Quote, as an important legacy, part of the legacy of the brand, we know that the animatronic band holds a special place for many fans and their childhood memories. We want our fans to know that the decision to keep the band here is meant as a gesture of love and gratitude, blah, blah, blah. 21st century kids are not entertained by a crappy animatronic band with the people all, like, moving their limbs as ba- as music plays on speakers. They think it's stupid.
0: Well, plus, <laughs> because I have younger kids, I know that, like, the most popular movie, scary movie for kids is FNAF. The FNAF phenomenon, or f- are you familiar with the FNAF I phenomenon? am not, no. That's Five Nights at Freddy's. That's like the hottest thing going for scary movies. And it's all about a deserted old pizza place where the animatronic band is like evil and comes to life and kills everybody. And because of wow. their movements and everything like that. So no, that crowd that grew up with FNAF is not going to be into watching
3: that band play at Chuck E. Cheese. They're going to run screaming. The Munch Make Believe Band includes Chucky e. is the lead singer, Mr. Munch on keyboards, Jasper T. Jowls on guitar, Helen Henney on vocals, and Pasquale on drums. Yeah, it's Jasper
0: that got the heroin ha- habit that broke up the band.
3: Yeah, yeah, Pasquale's going to go solo, but is the drummer? I don't know. Ringo made it work, but I don't think Pasquale can. Pasquale
0: anyway. choked on his own vomit. He died. They had to replace him.
3: I hadn't heard. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm, I'm oh, totally yeah. familiar. with That's that.
0: That's a thing. That's a cultural phenomenon for
3: certain age kids. Wow. And pretty frightening movie. Have they ever seen Frankenstein lumbering around? That's scary. Come on. We do a
0: bunch of segments. If you miss one, you can get it in podcast form. Subscribe to Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
2: Armstrong and Getty.